This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Are you still there? To delete the message, press 7. To save it in the archives, press 9. To hear options, press 0. What are you talking about? Welcome back to the Battle for LA podcast, part of the Clutch Points Network. I am your host, Omer Zarli. I'm also being hosted, I'm also hosting with Ryan Ward, our Lakers reporter, uh, and Bob Garcia, our other Lakers guy. Um, this week, we got a few uh, interesting topics, uh, mainly on the Lakers side. Lakers jumped seven spots in the NBA draft lottery. Finally, some from... positivity. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, projected, projected to pick 11. They jumped all the way to number four. Um, it was a surprise, but I think a welcome surprise that Lakers fans will take after so much negativity, as Ryan just said. It will take anything, anything right now, just as long as they don't mess it up from here on out. Well, as the Clippers slogan was a couple of years ago, it takes everything. <laughs> Not just anything. It takes everything. Um, so let's, let's look at the NBA draft so far. So the Pelicans jumped all the way up six spots. They got the number one seed. Uh, that was followed by the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, at number two, the Knicks at number three, who were projected to go. People expect them to get the number one pick. Uh, and the Lakers at number four. They jumped seven spots. The Lakers actually finished seven. ahead of the Cavs. Oh, seven. seven spots. They jumped. Seven. Yeah, that's insane. They actually finished ahead of the Cavs, which is funny. LeBron left the Cavs, joined the Lakers, and still ended up with a higher pick. <clears throat> what do you make of that? Luck. Luck. Just dumb friggin' luck. I don't know how much more you could say about that. Like, I was, I was just waiting for the worst possible scenario. I was like, okay, twelve. Yeah, I think you, as soon as you saw that they weren't going to be twelve, you're like, oh, eleven. They're going to get eleven, and all of a sudden they didn't get eleven, and everything started going crazy. Once Minnesota was named eleventh, then everyone was like, oh, oh, Lakers jumped to the top four, and that was uh, that was the first team to be in the top four because um, they counted down from fourteen to one. Um, what do the Lakers need? What's their biggest need right now? <laughs> Stability. <laughs> <laughs> can you can you draft that? Are you able to draft that? I don't know. I would take it in a heartbeat if there was just a player called Stability. <laughs> take it. <laughs> Come oh, to God. LA. Right now, it looks I like I mean, you got to yeah, go shooter, shooting. right? I mean, the one thing they were they were lacking last year was shooting all around. I mean, even from the free throw line, for Christ's sake, like. Just get a shooter, and apparently this Darius – was it Darius Garland? That's Darius Garland is the player who uh, – he's, he's a point guard. One, yeah, which is – that's a little interesting, right, with Lonzo and all that. But the thing is with this kid, he only played five games yeah. last year. So that's really? a really small sample size, and he had knee surgery. It was a torn meniscus, I believe, in his left knee. Uh-huh. So that's a red flag. I mean, we just went through a season of – 
a nightmare season filled with injuries. So you want to bring another young kid that's already dealt with something like that? I don't know. That's that's risky. Yeah, well, I mean, there's also, I mean, I, I heard today that he could play more of the off guard kind of thing with Lonzo, since you know they're going. Looks like they're going. Looks like they're going full full speed ahead with Lonzo being in the fold. Uh, so I mean, he's. I think he's only he's only six two six, though. I think he's six pretty, six two six three. Small, yeah, isn't yeah. Well, I'm just saying, he's been playing more of that scores scoring role. I mean, I think that's what he showed best mm-hmm. that he can be more of a scorer than an actual. You know, playmaker with with his passing. So I mean, I think that that's where he would fit in. But I mean, there's there's a lot of ways they can go with that pick. I mean, there's the Derek Culliver from Texas Tech. There's DeAndre Hunter, the guy from uh, the Ford from Virginia, who's a good defender. So I mean, there's there's a lot of different ways they can go with this. But the number one thing they do need, like Ryan said, is shooting. And that's that's something that obviously they've lacked you know, the last. Here. Well, the number one thing Ryan said was stability. Oh, yeah. First well, of all, well, yeah, we, stability. Yes. Then well, obviously that's every organization wants that, but I'm just as far as the type of player and type of uh, attributes they need in the team is is shooting, and it's if you're going to build a team around LeBron, you're going to need that for sure. Well, look, just basing off you know his his stats, Garland wasn't a high 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 assist guy. Um, he he did average two two three pointers a game on forty eight percent shooting uh, from beyond the arc. Which is which is great for college. Again, like Ryan said, small sample size though. Um, so you just wonder if that can translate over. But if, if he were to play alongside Lonzo, that's he looks like a guy. Um, although he's six two, a guy who could probably make a good like one two combo with with Lonzo as like maybe an off ball guard. I just don't know. I don't know if it's enough. If it's enough, if this kid has enough for where you like. Okay, we're not taking anybody else. We're not trading it. We're not adding it to a trade package like. I'm not convinced. I think I think the talent level drops off considerably once you hit uh, R.J. Barrett. Yeah, after three. three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's that's where you have to just add it, just add it, or maybe even trade down. I don't know. Well, look, Rob Palenka did say this is a powerful asset that they didn't really expect to have, but they're one they're gonna, you know, look around the league and, and determine its value. You know, I wonder could they could they package this this. Number four pick with maybe two of the young guys for Anthony Davis. You think that gets it done? It has to be no, more than that. I, don't I think mean, so. it's Anthony Davis. I mean, like you said, mentioned yesterday was that he's you know he's he's one of the best players in the league. Yeah, generational. He's, he's just generational you, he can't expect hey we'll give you a couple of young guys and a pick. It's just it's you're gonna have to give a lot more than that, especially uh, given the talent that he is. I, I think too with the Pelicans they might they might draw this out a little too long in terms of forcing the Lakers to make the pick before they trade the pick, uh-huh. right? So they'll be stuck with whoever they get, say it's Garland or whoever. Um, and uh, I just I, – I see them wanting to make a trade, and I see the Pelicans wanting to make something out of this Zion-Anthony Davis thing. And Griffin, like, I mean, you had covered Griffin with the Cavs, right? So you know what he's like. So you built a championship roster on LeBron in 2016. Did did a good job back with the Suns in uh, 2010, or early 2010s or whatever that was. And I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what they can what they can get because the Pelicans have options in terms of trading Davis. Now they have options. Some teams with with high picks and you know, like you said, it's it really a three player draft, and then it drops off a bit after that. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who they get. Uh, the Clippers are on the. I think Sorry, go ahead. I think a I think a lot's going to change from now up until draft day. I think you're going to see a lot of stuff come out, whether it be Davis 
adamantly publicly saying, I don't want anything to do with this team or Griffin saying the same thing, saying like, well, we're keeping him no matter what. I think all sorts of scenarios could come up, leaving kind of the Lakers in limbo once again. Well, well, that sort of follows the line of free agency where we're expecting a bunch of uh, turnover and a bunch of movement there. So, hey, why not go go all in for a chaotic-ass summer, right? <laughs> you know that's just yeah, that yeah, it's going to happen more so now, especially with yeah. the Pelicans getting the first pick. You know, that, that changes the whole trade packages you're going to get from other teams. I mean, now, now there's not the, you know, the, yeah. the, I think the Knicks were, were probably going to offer the first pick just to you know, get a chance of getting Davis. But now that the Pelicans have that, it changes a lot of things. And just in that regard only. And then you have to factor in all these players that are going to draw attention for different teams just based off of, you know, movement off of one player and the other. And it's just, yeah, it's going to be nothing short than crazy. Well, look, while, while the Lakers jumped up and made their, you know, made their noise and got the fourth pick, the Clippers don't have a draft pick. They, uh, their pick goes to the Celtics because they... Who cares about the playoffs. Clippers? Who cares? Jeez. Jeez. It takes everything. <clears throat> Battle for LA, buddy. One team's winning LA right now. No, go ahead. You have your hand up. Uh, <laughs> um, they were able to keep Jerry West. Uh, Jerry West, according to Andrew Greif of the LA Times, was uh, decided to re-up with the Clippers and, and, and keep that front office intact. And Jerry West has been a big influence in uh, you know, getting Kevin Durant to Golden State. Uh, he's been big in, in helping the Clippers draft process and all that. And I know he's the guy the Lakers at one point, especially Laker fans, were like, yo, if we can get Jerry West, get Jerry back to LA to, to the Lakers, please. Um, what do you guys think about that? Is, is that big for the Clippers to keep West and keep their front office intact? Oh yeah, definitely. That's a huge win. I mean, I didn't think he was going anywhere anyway. I don't think you did either, right? No, I I always thought that you know he he actually was caught by TMZ the other day leaving a leaving dinner or something <laughs> like <club>. that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, leaving dinner and, and, and one of the TMZ guys was just harassing him like, hey, come to the Lakers, come to the Lakers. And he was like, I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. I'm happy where I'm at. So um, I think the front office is looking forward to another, a big summer, a big summer because, you know, it's unfortunate because Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard and the Raptors are advancing further in the playoffs than I think any member of the Clippers or Clippers fans wanted. I actually could say the same about the Lakers fans because Lakers fans also, I think, are holding out hope that Kawhi joins their team. But, Lakers fans are yeah. numb right now. I think, think that protest numb. showed you like, pretty much where things are now. There's no, there is no stability, as Ryan pointed out early on in this conversation. But it's just, uh, it, it, again, I, I don't, I don't know where to go with the Lakers. But as far as the Clippers, I, I keep having Jerry West there. It's, it's a guy you know who's gotten the job done as far as recruiting people. I mean, even if, regardless of how big his voice is, he's, you know, obviously, obviously he has a proven track record as far as, you know, talking to marquee free agents. And that's huge for the Clippers. You know, you already got the sell of where the team's headed, the direction they're headed in, how well they did in the playoffs, how well they did in the season, blowing past all the expectations they had before the season. And then you got all, you know, like I said before, you know, you have all the, the supporting pieces in place. You have the roster. You just need star players there. And I, I don't know. You know, I don't see why they can't get at least one guy there this summer. Yeah, I think that one guy, though, if if Kawhi opts to re-sign in Toronto, then it gets kind of tricky because 
would KD come here alone? Would, would would Kyrie want to join? It's just like, what guys would want to come here if Kawhi does it? I mean, maybe they will, but I think Kawhi has been the biggest name around Clippers that everyone has thought, okay, he's coming. It's a lock. Just a matter of time. Uh, I would I would say Kawhi is the most kind of up in the air guy right now. I mean, I, I know, you know, we've heard things and we think that Kawhi is going to the Clippers and that's probably what, 60% true or at least right now. It feels like it's 60, 70, yeah. Yeah, but I know LeBron for sure seems to be all in on recruiting him. And, you know, all the rumors about him going, where was it? Where was it that he flew out to? Yeah. I think Philly? it was Philly. I think it was Philly for game six or something. Yeah. So, and then him tweeting him on Twitter. I mean, you can always tell uh, LeBron's not very subtle, right? Yeah. So Tampering and testifies, always, as the meme says. <laughs> you can always tell where he's leaning and who he wants and what he wants to do. And it's pretty easy if you just pay attention. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if, the, if Kawhi at least gives them a meeting, the Lakers. But I do think the Raptors and the Clippers have a much better chance of bringing them in. Yeah, look, I think, you know, despite this this playoff series and how far they've gone, it's not ideal for the Clippers. I don't think so. But if you look at that game seven, you know, I, I didn't look at the box score initially, but you saw Kawhi with 41 points. The Raptors finished with like 98, I think, or 92. And like, he just got no help. Lowry had 10 points. Siakam had 10. They were just struggling to find offense. And, you know, you wonder if, you know, if, if Kawhi slides in with a Lou Williams, sixth man of the year, and get you 20 and 10 every night. Pat Beverly, you, you throw him in with those guys, you know, well, what's their ceiling then? I, you just feel like it could be, it could be incredible. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's not, it's, it's not like the rappers don't have anybody. You got Siakam that's kind of come out of nowhere this year, right? right? But but it's just that the Raptors have just been like the supporting cast around Kawhi. He's had to carry them all postseason long. It looks like he's just he's taken it to another level. Uh, but just they just you know Lowry struck. Lowry went scoreless, I think, in the first game of the playoffs, stuff like that. It's just like is that? I wonder if that affects Kawhi at all, like in in terms of the reliability. Does he look at I Lowry and it, says, "Oh, is he maybe unreliable? Can I rely more on a Pat Beverly or a Lou Williams guys like that?" Well, if anything, maybe Kawhi's more confident that, hey, I'm the guy. I can I can lead a team by myself. And, you know, it, I could do it better in the East than I can in the West. Yeah, right? and that's, that's, that's a fear, that the East will be easier to handle than the West. Because the West is no I mean, joke right now, that. Right now, they're beating the Bucks by eight points. And I think they yeah. started off strong, too, right? Yeah, they started off, they had like a 16-0 run in the middle, in the, in the early in the first. It was just, Yeah. So who knows, man? I mean, who knows? They go to the finals. Look, look pretty bad on Kawhi if he were to leave. But then again, he sat out an entire year for San Antonio. Well, the, the difference with him is though that he he's not like most young guys who are chasing championships. You know, he has his mm-hmm. he has his finals MVP. He has his title. That's he true. literally can just say, you know, I just want to be home. I just want to enjoy the Southern California eighty degree weather, uh, eight months nine months of the year. <laughs> Actually, if he stays here all year, yeah. So, like, he just might say, I want, I want to enjoy this weather. I'm, I want to be home next to family, you know? And no one can fault him then because he already won a title. He already has a finals MVP. And if he brings one to the Clippers, that would be insane. Yeah. What, a title? If he brings a title to the Clippers. <laughs> oh, what are you drinking? Are you drinking already? Bob, you didn't tell him I poured up some... Uh, no, I thought you already? wouldn't let him know that. But, yeah, I, I think, again, I think the, the lore of the Clippers is that you could... Put your own. You can make your own legacy there. I mean, there's no previous, you know, championship 
pedigree there. I mean, it's something that, that I think that's not just Kawhi. Other players are going to look at that as well. Like, well, if you go to the Clippers, not only can, you know, we lead them, you know, we can make our own mark, you know, and, and have our own place in their history. And, you know, th- our legacy would be we led the team, you know, or whoever may be, whoever the superstar, if it's Kawhi or another player, it, it's, it, there's, there's a lot the Clippers can offer aside from just being, you know, coming back home for him. I will say this about the Clippers. They they do seem like one of the most functional teams in the league. Like even when they make decisions that people are like, okay, what the hell are they doing? Right? Like trading Tobias Harris in the middle of the season out of nowhere? Well, like that or like signing Blake and then trading him basically immediately, right? Yeah, six, seven months later. Or making making Doc a GM and a coach and then changing your mind on that. Everything that they've done and they've countered it with something else, it's worked out, and they become better for it. Well, I mean, they're one, they're one of the few teams that have a good track record. Yeah, even when they make risky moves. Whereas the Lakers, it's like Jesus. Yeah. They, they they even make a small move like trade Zubac, and it's like, and what the was, fuck are they thinking? Yeah. Right, for like, nothing, for nothing. Yeah, but practically yes. So it's it's I I would think that players have to think that too. Like, and then they think, okay, well. I don't have to deal with all that drama at the same time in the same freaking arena. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, I will say this. Watching the Clippers, even before, during the CP3, Blake, and DJ era, like Doc's role as president of basketball operations was not uh, clean. He made some mistakes. He, you know, he ended up trading like a first-round pick to get Jeff Green for six months, and then Green left mm-hmm. in free agency in order to trade Derek Dudley. He had to give away a first-round pick. So they weren't really great moves. But now they seem to be. But they, but they learn from them, though, yeah, right? They learn they learned from. Them. Yeah. They, they learn that don't have a coach and a GM at the same time doing the same or the two different also, jobs. Yeah, just, exactly. They just let, let that's what I mean. Like one. they can learn from things. That's that's huge. Mm-hmm. That's something the Lakers have not been able to do the over same, the past. At the same six, time, they've had, they've, well, at the same time, they, they were able to have success up. too. It wasn't just you know they obviously they had internal you know issues, but yeah, they were able to put together a team that. You know, granted, it was the second round of the playoffs, but it's still the playoffs. You had a team that won multiple division titles. You had, you know, you had success. And like you said, you know, they learned from that mistake. And now they've got a team that's put together where it's, you know, there's not any problem with egos. There's, uh, there's, you know, a coach that's, you know, that's fully committed to the team. There's no questions about uh, upper management, how it's everything's being handled, handled the decision making. It's, it's a sound organization now. Now it's looked like looked at as the team that, you know, that, that could easily, you know, scoop up another player and then also, you know, be something that's long-term a stability as far as being a, a contender or just a playoff team, if that. Well, I think, I think they will be contenders if they're able to get one. Uh, if they get two, that'll, that'll put them instantly at the top, uh, among like top two. But uh, let's move over to, I think the Lakers, you talk about what, what, what the Clippers learned. <laughs> well, the Lakers learned uh, how to make a coaching hire. How about that? Well, I don't know if they learned from it, actually. Uh, I'll just say they made a coaching hire. Yeah. Too early. Too early? I, I don't, don't know. I don't think you can say oh, they learned yeah. when they've hired, super- essentially hired Frank Vogel, and then you have Jason Kidd and the staff. I mean, you're going to have those rumors of, well, he's just a placeholder until Jason Kidd, you know, eventually takes over as head coach. I think there was a betting odds, too, last for, I forgot, I think Bovada had it up or something like that, where it's just the – you know the odds for how long Jason, uh, Frank Vogel will last until Jason Jason Kidd takes over. I mean, it's it's 
Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. February. It's February. Why the trade is, why the also, break, I don't know if that's like. Maybe? Uh, so I mean, it's yeah, it's yeah. it's, or it's, it's yeah, not. I, I mean, wow. it, yes, it's a higher, but again, like Ryan said, it's too early. But at the same time, it's just there's just it just falls in line with how the off season's gone. Like it's just, I mean, I'll say how everything's gone so far since the season's ended for them. It's just, you don't know what's, what's next. Like it's just they, the moves they make, you have people, you know, their, their Rambus is, you know, having a big impact as far as the decision-making and people are questioning that. And it's just, it's, there's just so much that's up in the air and it's not necessarily in a good way. And the only positive right now, you know, they can lean their head, their hands, heads on is just, you know the draft pick moving up. I mean, <laughs> that's the. Mm-hmm. That's it. That is it. Like the only thing. Um, I was gonna say that. Uh, I, I don't hate the hire. Like I, I, I've said this before. Like, I don't think there was an ideal candidate out there anyway. I don't think there was a really, really good one or a game changer or anything. But I, I do like Vogel. I think Vogel is fairly solid, and we'll see if he's can handle everything that's happened here because the old, what the only two other teams he's coached is what the Pacers and the Magic. Yeah, he coached uh he coached the Pacers, too, I believe it was an Eastern, Eastern Conference semifinal and three conference finals. And well, they were pretty much the the biggest uh competitor or uh threat. Biggest wall wall decline for LeBron yeah. each time. Yeah. He, so I mean and he knows what he's doing. He's not an idiot. So we'll see. But um it's just hard to say Anything is really positive outside of this lottery pick right now. Well, I will say he should be given a chance. I mean, people are already ruling oh, yeah. him out because I mean, I think you said it well the other day. Like, no matter what the Lakers did, Laker fans are going to be unhappy. But I think oh, yeah. he needs to be given a chance regardless because he did he did do a j- good job in Indiana. Uh, he didn't have that great of a core in, in in Orlando, but you know, I don't know. It's it's interesting. It also depends on well, what the Lakers but, do. Well, at with least the them right having now. a head coach in place it gives them at least. A chance of like what kind of team they need, you know, in order to for his system to work or for his philosophy to work best with the roster. I mean, it's just last year's roster was just let's throw together a bunch of veterans around LeBron and we got LeBron. Let's see what they can do and then we'll make moves if we have to during the season. And it's good. Well, the the one thing that's that's yeah. gonna cure all this is winning, right? Like, say they go they they go right out right out of the gate this season they win. 15 of their first 20 games. Everyone's going to yeah. shut the fuck up really quick, right? I'm not saying they're going to sustain that, but it changes everything. I mean, so much talk is is happens when no basketball is being played, right? So nothing changes. I mean, LeBron only just got back toward the end of the season, right? Everything was kind of out of reach already, even though <laughs> playoff mode was activated. <laughs> to get that in there. <laughs> um <laughs> But I just anything can happen. A couple moves here and there. Maybe a trade goes down. Everything can change. Well, I mean, um, that too. There's there's so much roster notice. flexibility right now too. I mean, it, granted, you know, there's the management situation mm-hmm. is is still up in the air. You don't know who the president of basketball operations is, or if they're even going to hire one. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, until it's, it's officially, or if, even if they ever do it. But I mean, yeah. I mean, he's the de facto well, basketball operations well, president. It's just, they're just not announcing it or anything. He's he and Linda Rambis are apparently have a huge impact on what's going on there. It, it's clear. I yeah. mean, all the reports are saying that. Let's not. I mean, he just, he's he has a title except for you know not publicly is what it looks like. I I remember when he got hired and I got the press release for it, and it said 
senior basketball advisor. And I was like, what the fuck is that? I've never <laughs> up, seen that title <laughs> ever before. Right. And I, I never saw him. I never saw him at the practice facility. I never saw him at games. I was like, what is this guy doing? I, I don't understand. <laughs> That's how much of a pro he was. You couldn't even see him. Ninja. Ninja out there. But I, I honestly think it goes to Jeannie Buss. I, she doesn't like working with anybody that she doesn't yeah, that trust like or have a prior relationship with. Right? Yeah. Like, first it was her brother. Then that obviously didn't work out. Then it was Magic, who was technically her brother, right? <laughs> As he likes to say. Mm-hmm. Um, now you got Rambus and Linda Rambus, who she's sitting Please. next to every game. You got Rob Polinka's like connection to Kobe. They're I'm sure he had his input there. So, I mean, it's. Yeah. Yeah. One well, and her being close to Kobe. And then Phil so, Jackson yeah, as well. With totally passed over that one, didn't they? Oh yeah, yeah Phil yeah. Jackson also had so a scene. It in, just in the seems highlight. like, Jeez, this... if you you know if you were in the Laker family at some point, you're going to have an input. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Unless you're Tyloo. Unless you're Tyloo. Yeah. I guess that comes with being a family-run business too, though, right? Yeah, but at some point, like you've run that, you've ran this as a family the last six years. It hasn't worked change things up no i mean shouldn't you want it it just feels like you're just going on the same path over well, and over and over again and, and you I, know what's going to happen i do feel for these people in these positions at this time in, in uh this period of social media boom right i mean the last six years that she's taken over social media has just gotten worse and worse and worse yeah, where it's a hundred percent negative right mm-hmm. like everything's a joke Right, every move is a joke. Somebody comes up with an, another angle where it's a joke. It's like it's not even funny anymore. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, they hired somebody. They're not even giving them a chance to do anything, and it's like laugh emojis and blah blah blah. It's like, shut the fuck up. Like, just, just, let, just let shit happen, man. Just, just let it play out. Like you're like little kids. Yeah, well, like you said, I mean, the over, I think the the thing that's going to change everything, obviously, the whole perception is going to be winning. You know, if they start winning, and you know, from the get go, from from you know, let's say they do have little struggles here at the beginning of the year, and then they you know show progress, then you're not going to have all this chatter like we had this last season, where it's just you know, what are they doing? You know, the, these guys are not. You know, what direction are you going with the roster? What, you know, are they going to keep the young guys? Are they going to go you know, win now? You know, with just a bunch of veterans. Are they going to keep you know, the, these young guys or trade them? Or there was just so many different things that that came up, came about because they were losing. And then you had you know the constant things about Luke Walton's you know coaching you know future with the team. So it just there were just so many storylines away from the court because they're losing. So if they you know show early on that they can win and they can win in, in bunches rather than just what happened last year, I mean it's it's it definitely goes a long ways. Well, I, I, like I said at the beginning, I, just, I think first of all they need to give Frank Vogel a chance, a fair chance. Don't don't overreact to anyone loss. Don't overreact to anyone win. Give him, give him. He, he needs at least a year, I think, at least. Oh yeah, like we can't the even coaches. Like I've said, told you guys a hundred times. Like I don't know why anybody would want to be a coach in any professional sport, especially the NBA. Yeah, because they they're the they got a target on their back. Number the one fall go. guy. Number one fall guy. Yeah, every time. And they, and they get paid way less than the players. It's just a shitty position. I think it's not fair. But if this goes the way things started to go before LeBron went down last year, he'll be fine. Yeah. He'll be no, I agree. It's just, I think, like, you know, just with social media now, just, there's no patience now. Like, just, 
absolutely zero patience as far as then things develop. None. Let's see how let's see if they can work. You know, let's see if this guy's system is what you know, or this guy's coaching style is what can get these guys, you know, until Lakers in the playoffs and possibly further than that. And let's see if you know if he can be the coach that 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 uh, can be the long term solution beyond just LeBron's you know time with the team. There, there, there's just you know there's no patience at all, and it just results now, 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 and it's it's it, it shouldn't be that way, but it's it is where we are now with social media. If they can block out the noise for like two months, get something going, it'll calm down, and then all of a sudden he'll be the savior, right? It's either like love him to death or you know fire hashtags yeah fire vogel hashtags. i think so as well yeah by the way update the bucks oh, are charging back they're down two now yeah i was just talking game two it was 83 83 uh real quick who did who, who wins the uh who goes to the finals oh shit i would say bucks and probably warriors i got the bucks same thing warriors. i mean i i, I just State. can't see portland especially with they showed in game one i just they they weren't they weren't guarding curry Anywhere near the three-point line, and just so much open space. But yeah, Warriors and then the Bucks is too deep. After that game, well, you probably could have finished that. They weren't guarding Curry. You just, they just were. They just, I was embarrassing. I probably have the same Warriors in in probably four or five. I'll say I'll give Portland one at home. I will say probably, hopefully Milwaukee in six because I do not. Yeah, the, the, the Clipper side of me sort of. There's no bias there. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. Um, I will say this though: Did you guys have to enter names as we uh, as we, yeah. we open up the site? The, the... Uh, yeah. So so my name is is there properly? Tomer Zarli. Bob Garcia put his. Bob, I don't know if you see this, guys. He put Ryan put Enfuego <laughs> as his name. I'm on fire. He's always like on everyone fire. needed to know that this man was Enfuego. Uh, Figured, why not? Why not? Well, damn. That'll wrap it up for our episode uh, for Battle for LA. Uh, you can follow uh, Ryan Ward. I'll link you <laughs> at Ryan at Ward. At Enfuego. Enfuego. Some other dude. It has changed. It has changed. <laughs> All right. You know what? Give Enfuego the follow. Fine. Uh, you can follow Ryan at Ryan Ward LA uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Bob. I feel like I forgot this, but I'm going to guess here. You can follow Bob on Twitter uh, at B Garcia Sports. Yes. B Garcia IV Sports. Okay, so follow Bob at B Garcia IV Sports on Twitter. And um, you can follow me at Tomer Zarli on Twitter and Instagram. That's T O M E R A Z A R L Y. Um, if you have questions for us, you want to answer in the pod, if you have anything you, you want to say to us, uh, like, comment, subscribe, uh, just shout us out, whatever you want to do, just let us know. Um, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I don't give a shit if you enjoyed it. Come back. This was Battle for LA, part of the Push Points Network. See you guys. Later. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. 
Hurry before they're all gone.